0: You're listening to Mobile Money by MooMoo, demystifying markets one episode at a time. This content is strictly for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be interpreted as a recommendation or investment guidance. Keep in mind that this information is not personalized and should not be the sole basis for your investment decisions as there may be additional
1: factors to consider. Indexes are unmanaged and cannot be directly invested into. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk and the potential to lose principal. Any securities mentioned are for illustrative purposes only and is not a recommendation.
2: Hi, welcome to Mobile Money by Moomoo. I'm your host, Justin Zacks, Vice President of Strategy at Moomoo Technologies. I've spent my whole career in and around financial markets, from working at a bulge bracket investment bank to a leading global financial news organization, it's something I have a real passion for. This show helps investors gain a better understanding of markets and their money. As the end of the year approaches, I wanted to review what's happened so far this year in markets and the economy. Since the year's not quite over, all the results are going to be through the end of November. So let's take a look first at how the market's done overall on the index level. If we look at some of the major indexes, firstly, let's think about the S&P 500. It was in 2022, down 19% approximately, and it is up 19% uh, over the past 11 months, uh, in, through the, again, through the end of November. What has happened this year that's a little bit different, that has some people worried, is uh, a lot of the performance in the S&P 500 has been driven by just a few stocks. Uh, so, if you took the actual you know, performance of 19%, you may expect maybe 250 of those stocks would have performance over that uh, level and 250 under, and that's not the case at all. So what we've seen is only 137 stocks, that's about 27%, uh, have seen performance this year above uh, that average level. Uh, and. For the entire year, and I mean, again, we're up 19% on the S&P 500, and only uh, about 55% of the S&P 500 stocks are even positive. So, it, this goes to show you, yeah, if you're in the index, you've done well. But if you're not in the right stocks, you, you may not have done well. I mean, there's 45% of, of the stocks in the S&P 500 uh, are down on the year. Uh, so, it's something to think about. Like, you know, only a few winners have really driven this. And this is really uh, this Magnificent 7. And, and, and let's talk a little bit about the Magnificent 7. The Magnificent Seven is comprised of the seven largest stocks uh, in the market. Um, Most of them are are tech or tech adjacent. And so the Magnificent Seven is up 99% this year. And what I will tell you is uh, it's down 45%. The previous year. So, if you really took from the beginning of uh, 2022 until now, it's really only up about nine percent. So, do take that into account. And, and let me let me just read you some of these numbers. they they're really staggering for this year. Uh, Apple up 46 percent. Alphabet up 50%, Microsoft up 58%, Amazon up 74%, Tesla 95%, Meta Platforms 172%, and NVIDIA, uh, the biggest gainer in the S&P 500 up 220%, uh, shows you how much uh, the AI boom has driven a lot of what is going on. And combined, these companies' combined market cap is approximately $10 trillion, and to give you idea if you took any of the stock markets in the entire world there's only two stock markets uh that have a combined market cap over 10 trillion dollars and that's the the nasdaq and the NYSE. every other country's stock market does not even approach anywhere near 10 trillion dollars and here we are seven stocks worth 10 trillion dollars So as a a reference to how narrow uh, the the stock market gains are and how few stocks are participating, I'll give you a a few more statistics. Over the past decade, 52% of S&P 500 stocks on average have outperformed the index performance. Again, 27% this year. And 70% of stocks on average registered gains in any uh, average year. Uh, Again, 55% this year, even given the fact we're up 19%. Uh, The equal weighted S&P 500 is only up 4.6%. It's really a tale of two markets, and, and we're seeing this among our users as well. In the third every quarter, we survey our users on different topics, and, and we surveyed our users in the third quarter uh, about how they feel about their finances and their financial situation. And uh, about 38% of users uh, saw investing returns as the top reason that their financial situation might improve into the next year, and so that shows you that they are, you know, are bullish on stocks and. In investing. But at the same time, uh, the top two reasons uh, of financial stress and anxiety among our users are the economy and inflation. And this is even as we've had a, a quite a strong economy, stronger than a lot of economists expected it to be uh so far this year and we've had disinflation you know inflation has come down but obviously this is not being felt by a lot of our users and you do have this bifurcation and you're seeing it in some of these companies and as well some of them have done extremely well but it's really only a handful so there's kind of this conventional wisdom that when you do have you know, a very narrow market, uh, that there's, you know, that it's not going to hold up, that the future performance may not be as well. And I, and I think, uh, there's a lot of differing views around this. Uh, I want to read you a quote from uh riverfront investment group, uh, that I saw that they kind of take, uh, you know, they did some studies and they kind of take the alternate view. And they say in studying thousands of historical outcomes going back to 1927 using a broad all-cap U.S. stock index, uh, our opinion is that uh, neither the probability nor the magnitude of a positive three-month forward stock return were significantly impaired during periods when the number of stocks declining outpaced those advancing. So this is a measure of breath. And so what they're telling you there is, you know, that's not necessarily the case. So just because we've had this, uh, you know, outperformance of several stocks doesn't mean uh, that the market is more or less likely to go up or down uh, in the next three months. It's just something to think about uh, when you're here. You're going to hear this in the news all the time. And uh, again, people will have a lot of differing viewpoints. As to what's really driven a lot of uh, the outperformance among these stocks, it's it's really been, uh, you know, AI and, uh, and the talk about ChatGPT and the transformation. And again, I think you have a lot of differing viewpoints on this. Uh, a lot of people are have been very skeptical about it, but obviously, a lot of people are voting with their money and investors. And uh, again, I'd like to read you a couple quotes from, you know, uh, a internet analyst named uh, Dan Ives at, at Webbush uh, that he recently made about AI. He says. We view AI as the most transformative technology trend since the start of the Internet in 1995 and believe many on the street are still underestimating the $1 trillion of AI spend set to happen over the next decade in a bonanza for the chip and software sectors looking forward with Nvidia and Redmond leading the way. So This is what he wrote in a note uh, just a week or two ago. He says, the tech sector is set for an acceleration of spending around cloud and AI spending that we believe is still being significantly underestimated by the street. So there are people that do think that we're just in, in, in early days while you know, a lot of other people are looking at some of the multiples, they're looking at some of the valuations and saying, well, maybe this is stretched. So it will be very interesting looking forward uh, to 2024 to see if the AI continues to help uh, You know, raise margins among these companies as well as some of the other companies. Does it have a big effect on some of these industrial companies, for instance? Uh, is this uh, going to be implemented quickly? Uh, is it going to uh, help uh, some of the profits of these companies, and, w- and, and we'll we'll find out next year. On the other side, there's been a lot of people looking to see this shift from growth to value. We saw a little bit of that in 2022, but it has flipped the other way. Growth has outperformed. To give you a a few more data points, the NASDAQ 100 index, which is uh, mostly large cap and very tech heavy, is up 46% year to date. Uh, The Russell 2000, a lot of the smaller stocks, up 2.7%. So if you look at the best performing sectors, a lot of the best performing stocks within those sectors, these S&P 500 companies, were in those sectors. So top performing stock of the year, NVIDIA, up 220%. Uh, Meta Platforms is next, 172%. And the third one's very interesting. Uh, a lot of people, not tech-related, so surprisingly, we do have one. It's uh, Royal Caribbean Cruises, up 117.4% uh, year to date. At number nine, we see Carnival uh, Corporation, again, another cruise line up almost 87%. And a lot of this has to do with uh, an adjustment from the pandemic. Both these companies were left for dead during the pandemic. Uh, people thought uh, that they would never cruise again. Uh, but with the idea of revenge, travel came back. Uh, but these companies had tend- tended to outperform some of the other travel uh, companies. And uh, probably two reasons around that. One is there's really been this uh, reflation of the international traveler coming on board. And certainly you know something. Uh, like the ski resorts in the us don't necessarily get a lot of international travelers but the cruises do uh, the other big thing uh, with the cruises is is the cost uh, before the pandemic cruises were about 20 percent less expensive than a, a land-based vacation like you know going to a hotel near a beach or something like that now they're 40 percent. Uh, cheaper, So the, that, that cost differential is a big deal, particularly given the amount of inflation we've had. So there are some a lot of people do want a vacation. They want to get out there. They are employed. Uh, they have some extra money, but they still want to be careful with it and make it make those dollars go as far as they can. And, and cruising seems to be uh, one of those things that is is lets them do that. And uh, we saw a carnival come out very recently over Black Friday, uh, just after Thanksgiving talking about, you know, record bookings for a lot of its brands, uh, not only just in 2024, but, you know, people are already planning for 2025, even though it's still not even the 2023 is not even over yet the fifth best performing stock in the S and P 500, uh, year to date is, is EV manufacturer Tesla up almost 95%. And, uh, we took a look at, uh, the stocks that are the most widely held by users here at Moomoo and and Tesla is number one. Uh, not surprisingly, it's, it's drabbed the hearts and imaginations of a lots of traders and it has been a well-performing stock, uh, over the last number of years. Uh, but it's not just Tesla uh, that is among some of the most widely held stocks. Uh, Surprisingly, it's some of these other smaller EV automotive manufacturers such as Mullen Automotive and Neo. Uh, Those are also uh, among the top 10 most widely held here at Moomoo. Uh, In addition, Apple and Amazon are also very widely held and and, and stocks that did, again, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the podcast, how well uh, both of those companies did uh, on the back of tech uh, resurgence and on the back of uh, being either directly involved in AI or AI adjacent. AMC Networks uh, is one of those stocks that I think got a lot of attention through Reddit and it has remained a stock that retail traders are very interested in despite very poor performance this year. It's down 84% uh, approximately, uh, but that does not stop a lot of users at Moomoo from still holding it. On the flip side, we saw another tech stock that had been really beaten up, Palantir, come back in 2023 up over 200% and again it is also one of the most top 10 most widely held stocks at Moomoo it saw its first profitable quarter earlier this year at number 6 on the best performing list of 2023 for the S&P 500 is Pulte Group. Uh, Quite a surprise, a home builder, right? So you would expect with uh, the Fed raising rates and mortgages going from 3% to almost 8% uh, a couple months ago over the span of less than two years, uh, that people would not be buying as many homes or that home prices would go down. And it's a very interesting one. I have, uh, hopefully, you'll be able to listen to my other podcast about why housing prices haven't fallen. And and certainly a lot of people got in front of this trade in 2022 and they were shorting these home builders. They just thought they would never be profitable again. And it's not the same situation as it was during the great financial crisis. Uh, There is still some incremental demand at extremely high prices for a lot of what uh, these builders are, are doing. And so they're able to adapt. They're able to offer incentives and they're able to basically market their product a lot better than uh, existing homeowners uh, who are kind of gotten out of the market. And so maybe not as many homes or new homes are selling, but the ones that are selling are selling at pretty fat margins. And so these companies have done pretty well. All the home builders are up uh, significantly in 2023. On the opposite end of the spectrum, let's look at some of the stocks that haven't done as well. And if we look at some of the top 10 worst performing stocks, a lot of them are these stocks that maybe were run up a little bit too much during the pandemic uh, or that were pandemic plays or recession plays in 2022, uh, have not done well in 2023. For instance, we have, uh, you know, Walgreens, Boots Alliance uh, down over 46%. We have Dollar General, which is known to do well during recession recessionary times. Uh, we never saw the recession materialize. It's down almost 47%. Estee Lauder, uh, the cosmetics company, uh, did very well during the pandemic when a lot of people were ordering and using uh, cosmetics for their Zoom calls. It's down over 48%. Uh, Moderna uh, down 50. Six point seven percent. It, you know, obviously manufactures uh, one of the uh, COVID vaccines that just haven't seen the demand people thought they would uh, year in and year out since since the uh, 2019 COVID pandemic. Uh, And the the two worst performing um, stocks, uh, Enphase Energy down 62% and SolarEdge Technologies down 72% year to date. Both of these companies are solar companies. Uh, Both of them are highly uh, levered to uh, the bond market. So when we saw these rates go up, a lot of these are financed and and has definitely hurt both of these solar companies. So what has really been driving the markets this year? Uh, let's get in and talk a little bit about some of the events. Uh, you know, Overall, we've been up, but it, there were some bumps along the way, some ups and downs, and, and first of those came in March when we had Uh, the banking crisis, regional banking crisis, uh, where we saw a failure of Silicon Valley Bank after a bank run. And then we also saw Silvergate and Signature Bank uh, have problems. And so if you look at the stock market uh, performance during that time of the week, it really only, the actual effect on the market really only lasted uh, about a week. From March 6th to the 10th, uh, the market fell. Yes, it's S&P 500 fell 4.6%. And obviously, the regional banks and the financial sector's stocks were much more affected uh, over a longer period. Uh, The regional banks are still, uh, even given their comeback, are still one of the worst performing sectors uh, this year. But the overall market uh, was able to recover pretty quickly. And that came uh, very much after the Federal Reserve created the bank term funding program to help some of these banks. That was March 12th. And after that, it seemed like everything seemed... uh, like back on uh, the upslope. And then uh, just a few months later, uh, we had Fitch on on May 23rd uh, put the credit rating of uh, the U.S. debt on on negative watch. Uh, And so that caused the overall market to fall about 1.9 percent over two days. And again, uh, just a small blip uh, on some of these radars of, of something, some times people would make a much bigger deal of these type of things, but they didn't last too long and, and the market continued to rally, uh, particularly in the first half of the year. That Fitch downgrade in large part was based upon uh, government issues, uh, particularly with the debt ceiling. And and so that ended the debt ceiling ended up getting resolved uh, on May 29th. And you really saw a melt up into June where we had a a really great June uh, before uh, the markets leveled off there. The only real downdraft we've had all year came uh, during September and October. The S&P 500 was down 4.9 percent in September. And if you took uh, September and October combined, uh, the S&P 500 was down 7 percent. On multitude of reasons for this. Uh, There were fears over government shutdown. Uh, There was uh, the Israel-Gaza conflict that started on October 7th and is still ongoing that led to some fear in the market but probably the biggest issue uh, that everyone's been following and that ultimately has influenced uh, the market the entire year Uh, was uh, long-term interest rates. So we saw long-term interest rate yields uh, really spike up during September and October, uh, basically over fears that no one wanted to buy this debt and that the Treasury's interest costs would continue to increase. Uh, And so that was something uh, that really caused the markets to sell off. And when you see the U.S. government have these ongoing fiscal budget deficits, and uh, there's fewer and fewer willing buyers of that debt, and so. Uh, really nothing changed until November 1st when we, they had the refunding announcement. And that this was basically every quarter the Treasury comes out and says uh, this is how much uh, paper they want to issue, how much debt they want to issue in, in the time frame around that. And so uh, what happened was the Treasury decided they still have to issue uh, a lot of debt, but they're issuing a lot more short term debt in the fourth quarter than they were. Uh, doing a longer-term debt, and that that's made a, a big difference in solidifying some of those uh, bids for uh, longer-term bonds when people know there's not going to be a huge supply. I mean, that could change next year, uh, but right now, uh, that's what led to a significant rally in bonds, and, and which led to a significant rally in stocks in November, one of the better Novembers we've seen in quite a long time. But if you really had to sum up the reason, the the one main reason the market has moved up so much in 2023, uh, all you have to do is kind of take a look at the mirror image of the reasoning uh, behind the decline in 2022. Uh, And it was 2022, there was a real uh, fear that the U.S. economy would fall into recession following all these interest rate hikes uh, and that inflation would get out of control. In 2023, you saw a lot of these... uh, things reverse so basically the economy uh, did not slip into recession at least not yet uh, in, in 2023 and it did better than economists expected and that helped uh, keep a lot of corporate profits up and and kept investors you know in, interested in investing in the market and the other part was you know inflation hasn't come back down totally but it has come down a lot more than uh, a lot of people had expected it to. If you look at the CPI measure that comes out monthly at the beginning of 2023, it was 6.4%, which is very elevated. Uh, but by June, we saw uh, 3.0%. Uh, in October, 3.2%. So it's it's come off uh, significantly. It's still not at the 2% level that the Fed would like to see it at. Uh, the other thing you really need to be aware of with CPI is, you know, it's it's very much influenced by food uh, and energy. And those those two items can be super volatile so a lot of times people like to look at the core measure uh, and the core uh, measure started the year at 5.6% uh, and has dropped most recently to 4.0%. Uh, and do note that 4.0% is still quite high. And so as much as inflation's come down, uh, depending what measure looking at it, particularly core CPI, it's not down that much. In fact, uh, prior to this bout of inflation, we hadn't seen 4.0% or higher on core CPI since 1991. So in 2023, we've really seen a risk on type mentality, and that showed up as well in sector performance. Uh, if you want to look at the sectors that have done the best, uh, S&P 500 sectors, tech op- up over 50 percent, communication services up 47 percent, uh, consumer discretionary up 33 percent. You know, these are the the top uh, ones. And usually there's a very growthy and the, the sectors that do well in, in a bull market uh, in, in in an environment where people are very sure of their investing and not particularly afraid or defensive on the flip side the defensive sectors all of the traditional defensive sectors are down on the year healthcare down 3.7% consumer staples that's your uh, you know everyday needs like your batteries and your diapers uh, are down 4.5% uh, the Energy index uh, down four point six and the utilities have really gotten uh, smashed this year down eleven point seven percent. Again, this is just a real Mirror image sector-wise, just as we saw a mirror image of the overall index, a mirror image sector-wise in 2022, 22, we saw energy, utilities, consumer staples, and healthcare as the top four sectors, uh, and tech, consumer discretionary, and, and, and communication services as the bottom three sectors. So we're just seeing some of these gains uh, from certain sectors flow into other sectors and vice versa. So we've seen, we've seen an evening out. So that's why it'll be very interesting to see what happens next and and as much as uh, long rates and inflation and the outlook in inflation and the outlook in the economy and the economy itself influence 2022 and 2023, it's very likely uh, that it will influence 2024. Uh, Everyone is now looking for the Fed to cut rates in 2024 at some point, but there's a lot of um, discrepancies among market participants as to when that will be, how deep that will be, and where they ultimately will wind up, you know, where will that rate be when they say we're we're going to stop. Uh, Likewise, a lot of people feel uh, unemployment is now on the rise and the economy may be slipping into recession, but we're not sure if we're quite there yet or if we're going to continue to chug along towards a soft landing. So 2023 has been a good year for some investors, and hopefully it has been for you as well. I just wanted to review a little bit of uh, the features a lot of the users on Moomoo's platform have been using uh, during the year uh, to help them level up uh, their trading. The earnings hub feature is relatively new to the Moomoo platform, and it's one of my favorites. It's a great one-stop shop for everything earnings. And if you think about earnings, you know you have them four times a year, and they last about five weeks each, and they're some of the better opportunities for traders to find great trades. And, but you really have to do your research, and it's you know using that earnings calendar to figure out when your companies are going to report, and then getting in there, uh, seeing what uh, the metrics are going to be, what the estimates are, and then post earnings, evaluating uh, the actual earnings uh, in the metrics and figuring out what the executive said on the conference call, either listening into it or via a transcript, uh, and then planning your trading all around that. That that was one of the great things uh, in recent additions to the platform. And along the lines of earnings, you know, you really have to think both about fundamentals and technical analysis and you know both of those are really vital, whether it's earnings season or not. And so, you know, Mubu has these great charting tools uh, with over 100 insightful indicators and over 37 drawing tools uh, enhanced by a new patented method. Uh, The powerful combination offers a deep and more precise analysis of market movements. And then on the uh, financial side, we now have a more visualized financials that really can show you instead of just reading the metrics, you can really visualize it with with, uh, charts and bar graphs and gives you access to financial estimates, business data, analyst ratings, and all this is all for free. Speaking of free, uh, clients with a funded account can get access to real-time level two quotes. Uh, That's up to 60 levels of market depth that refresh every 0.3 seconds for trading insights and decision-making. One of the other features I really love about uh, the Moomoo app is its institutional tracking. So I always want to know what these big funds are doing, what these professional investors are doing. So you know, every every quarter they file what's called a 13F filing, and it goes in the SEC, and they're notoriously difficult to read. But basically, Moomoo has taken all of this data and put it into a really great visual format, easy to read, and you can really understand what you know these well-known funds like Berkshire Hathaway or ARK are doing, you know, what they're buying, what they're selling. It doesn't mean you have to trade that way, but it does inform your trading. Figure out what they're doing. Figure out why they're doing it. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but you want to have that information of what the big players are doing in the market. One of the other things that really informs my trading is news. I also have a news background, Financial News, and have worked for uh, several of the large uh, news organizations. And we have a lot of them right here on the Moomoo app, Bloomberg, CNBC, Dow Jones, Benzinga, Investor's Place. Uh, It ensures you're always informed with credible and timely information and keeping you ahead of the market. Once you're done with the news, then you can get into short sale analysis, a little bit more complex. But if you are interested in in shorting or knowing who is shorting, uh, Moomoo has a great short sale analysis tool. Uh, Not only does it have the bi-monthly data that you'll see uh, on, you know, on a lot of platforms, including we we also have a comprehensive daily short volume uh, data combined from both the NASDAQ and the NYSE, uh, a really unique feature to the Moomoo app. Uh, After you have all this, you may be ready to get started started trading, but maybe the first thing you might want to think about is doing a little paper trading. And we have a, a great paper trading tool where you can uh, trade virtually without putting your own money to risk. And it's a really great way to learn and educate yourself about uh, markets and trading before you go in and put, put your money in there hopefully you've already been able to test out some of these great features of the Moomoo platform, if you are a user uh, and if you're not, or if you haven't been able to yet, uh, it's, 2024 is soon on the way, and hopefully you'll be able to download that app, test some of these great features out, many of which are available for free. Uh, You don't have to put any money in right away. So uh, just give it a chance and see if it can inform your trading, if it can make you a better trader uh, and give you the type of knowledge that you're going to need to carve out a path for financial freedom. Well, this is the last episode of 2023. I've hoped you'd enjoyed uh, the yearly wrap. And we'll be back in 2024 with a bunch of brand new podcast episodes about a lot of different topics. So, looking forward to talking with all of you. Thank you very much. Have a great new year.
1: Level two data is free for Moomoo Financial Inc. accounts with a minimum 30 day average account value of $100 or more. Other conditions apply. To learn more, visit moomoo.com forward slash US forward slash support. Forward slash topic three underscore four three five. For any institutional tracking portfolio, the composition provided is updated on a significant delay and may be incomplete. It is not possible to replicate the timing or exact holdings of institutional portfolios. When short-selling, there is no limit on how high a stock price could rise, so the potential loss is unlimited. Other risks include dividend risk and margin risk. This strategy is not appropriate for all investors. The opinions expressed are
0: those of the host and any guest speaker, and not necessarily those of Moomoo Technologies, Inc. or its affiliates. The podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not a recommendation or endorsement of any particular investment or investment strategy that may be mentioned or covered in the podcast. All investments involve risk and the loss of principle as possible. Past performance does not indicate or guarantee future success. Moomoo is not affiliated with any outside guests or their companies. Information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be appropriate for all investors. The Moomoo app is an online trading platform offered by Moomoo Technologies, Inc. Securities, brokerage products, and related services available through the Moomoo app are offered by Moomoo Financial, Inc., a member FINRA, SIPC.